Welcome back to the first episode of season two of Soundcheck. Hooray. I'm excited. Can't you tell? I'm actually very excited. I am too. I like being a bit of a goofball, as everyone knows. Uh, to to the uh, left of me is my new uh, uh, podcast host. Yeah, remember when I came in for that Jack White episode and I said I was a really big fan? Yeah, now I'm on it. So that's pretty neat. That's pretty That's, that's pretty Pretty it's pretty crazy. Neat. It's like it's like in the, like the way of Doctor Who, Elio has regenerated into into Michael Livingston. Yeah, and we will see if that. Uh, let's see how it works out. I'm very excited. I th- I think we will have an interesting dynamic, oh, to yeah. say the least. But yeah, so that's a change. Another changes. And well, I thought we'd be having it this episode, but I know it's coming up very sh- um, shortly at some point in the future. Uh, we will also be on camera. God help us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have to see our wonderful, awkward faces while we uh, do stuff, and I have some fun ideas for that. And uh, Just pay attention to Andrew. He's gorgeous. <laughs> Michael, what did I say about sexual harassment at the workplace? Hey, be quiet, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so th- those changes will be coming up. Uh, a couple formatting changes, too. Um, me and Michael were talking about this earlier. We're probably going to ditch the classic album. Mm-hmm. Part of it, I, th- I think, especially for artist retrospectives like this one, which we'll get into the topic of today's in a second. But uh, I, I just found it wasn't really working, so we'll probably be ditching that and only using it when it seems appropriate for the topic. Yeah, when it comes to classic albums, a lot of the time it's just very subjective. Um, and also we kind of just go over what we believe that in when we talk about the music itself. So Yeah, I mean, like, if it's with, like, for me, if it's like an artist retrospective and we're going album by album, it doesn't make sense to just skip over one because, oh, we want to save it till the end. And we spend, like, the same amount of time for the classic album on the others anyways. It wasn't, I just felt, I really noticed it when we did the Jelly Opera episode. I just don't think it was working. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, again, we'll insert that when needed. Also, we're not going to try to have a, a guest on every episode. I know that's what we said in, uh, with Elio. That's what I said with Elio at the start of the series. But me and Elio learned that that wasn't really going to happen. So we'll just have a guess when we know someone would be good for a topic. If Other than that, we I think me and uh, Michael here can survive on our yeah, own. And we do have some good people lined up pretty soon. Oh, yeah. for, for we, we do. We just, like I know um, the one, the episode next week, and I know Michael's looking forward to it oh so very much. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have an interesting guest on. So, But again, that all comes with due time. Um, overall, I'm looking forward. I think it's going to be a really awesome... Uh, season and yeah got some good ideas coming our way yeah. now i'm gonna leave go over to michael here because i know he really wanted to introduce today's topic because yeah. he's looking forward to it oh so very much yeah michael what are we talking about today all right so today we're talking about tool what is tool tool is a band you know what else they do they make music believe that or not what kind of music <laughs> that's that's kind of up for debate um a lot you of wrote pe- that down beforehand, by the I way. I did. I, I I would call, you know, there's some people call it prog rock, prog metal. Um, Andrew would just kind of put it on the umbrella of alternate metal. I've heard some more weirder names like art rock and post metal and uh, psychedelic metal even. Um, for me, I would just kind of, I would throw it under that umbre- umbrella of alt metal, but also just the, especially on the later stuff with the psychedelic stuff, I think you could... You can put that term, you can throw psychedelic with Tool. Um, so why are we talking about Tool today? Um, we figured it'd be the best time to discuss it because recently, lead singer Maynard James Keenan tweeted thus. <clears throat> Update, final vocals track months ago, then US, UK, Euro run with hashtag APC. With Tool, all instruments are tracked. Long process of mixing now. Meanwhile, write film slash track with at Pussifer for hashtag Pussifer 2020 and troll the band with Facebook posts of wine posts. Hashtag funny shit. Hashtag while you were whining, we were working. We'll figure out what that means and we'll, we'll let you know what it means. I don't think you needed to read all of that. But no, I'm happy that you did because yeah. that was very amusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, well, we'll get into it later. But all I know is I'm skeptical. That's all I'm going to say. I'm skeptical. Even after all that, I'm still skeptical. Well, you kind of got to know why this is so important uh this would first off what he's trying to say here is that tool has a new album coming out possibly later this year and why that's important is because this would be the first 
new studio material from the band in over 13 years. Yeah. Well, it's almost it's become almost a meme at this point. You know, the whole idea of when, oh, yeah. when's the new Tool album coming out? When's it coming out? And that's kind of been like, it's become essentially the, the Chinese democracy of our time, you know? Absolutely. So, you know, Chinese democracy forever, like, when is it going to come out? And it finally did, and it was crap. But yeah. hopefully this new album won't be crap. Um, again, I think everyone should get their hopes up too much yeah. but and i want to plug something real quick because i kind of i was keeping up with this news because this tweet followed a lot of kind of teasers and posts from the other bandmates yeah. all throughout 2018 and if you want to find these posts pictures from the studios interviews with the band i'd suggest visiting the youtube channel tool archive and watching um the tool album update series mm -hmm. this is where i found the majority of my tool related content you can also find you know uh live concert videos and then like good quality song and album uploads and just a lot more i if you want to know more about this band it's probably the best place on the internet to get your information mm -hmm. so just wanted to plug that real quick they're one of those bands i feel that to purpose, especially with Keenan, they purposely try to be cryptic with some of their stuff. I mean, obviously this new post wasn't very cryptic, but you yeah. know, I mean, they they they, they do kind of tend to like kind of beat around the bush sometimes. Um, that that I think that tends to be a trend with them. So yeah, and if you think about it, dude, and we'll get in more of why, but Tools are I think is a really important band to examine when looking at the late '90s and early 2000s. Um, and there's so many different ways you can kind of tackle a band like this. You could talk about the discography and how the sound changes over time. You, and then you can discuss how each member kind of contributes to the sound and style. Um, and we're kind of going to do like a mixture of all that stuff. Yeah. And just various, just a, a large conversation of what Tool is, what it means to us, our opinions on the music, and then just predictions for the future, I guess for this new album and everything forthcoming. I, I think that's a really good sum up of what we're talking about today. So before we start uh, talking here, um, I think it's going to become very obvious here that uh, Michael is between the two of us, and Brent's here too, by the way. You can say hello if you want to. Hello. There you go. <laughs> You're sitting there, sitting there awkward. I didn't want to feel like eight, eight minutes in. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he'll, we're going to let him chime in on, a, on some of his opinions because he has opinions too, and mm -hmm. it'll probably break Michael's heart here because well, Michael, yeah. between the three of us, by far the biggest Tool fan here. Mm -hmm. I, I I knew a lot of Tool songs, but since a lot of it, partly because the, their stuff wasn't you know digitally available, and especially when I started was getting into music, the only album of theirs I really knew was was Anima, uh, which because that was in my dad's CD collection. That's when I discovered it. Mm -hmm. So uh, when so I'm coming in here with a lot less uh, knowledge and experience with Tool. After listening to their full discography for this episode, I kind of, um, I formulated opinions and, uh, yeah, and overall I can't say I'm a massive fan of, of them now, but I, I like them, but I had my issues with them too. Yeah. So all of which will become apparent later on. And I'll explain myself as well because I, it is true, I consider myself a fan of Tool and their music, their aesthetic, everything that comes with them. Um, but I think there's a lot of degrees as to where you can place yourself in the fan base. Um, cause tool is like, you can talk about the fan base of this band for hours and just, <laughs> I think a lot of that kind of spills over into my distaste of the band. Oh yeah. Honestly, fan base has so much to do with it, whether a band can it, make or break. And that's one of those things sometimes. that it's hard to yeah, avoid. You have, uh, one of this, one of these kind of fan bases and if, Really wish we had video right now because for who can't see, I'm making a jerk off motion. But yeah, but. <laughs> I would relate. You know what? I've made this discovery last night when kind of researching is like I would relate this band's fan base to like the Rick and Morty fan yeah. base <laughs> to where it's like you can't have you. You know, your IQ's too small to understand this kind of stuff. If you don't like Tool, Tool. it's kind of the Rick and Morty of like dad appealing metal. In 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 in, in my opinion, sure. or or they're the. Uh, like the Chris Angel mind freak yeah. of even, that of that whole wave of bands. Even if I even if I identify as a Tool fan, I can't deny that fact. Where it's just like, there. This is how I recommended Andrew find music. I say, look up the hits on YouTube, go into the comments. The first comment you're gonna see is a pretentious Tool fan saying that this song, this deep cut off of record, is somewhat better than this hit, and that's how you're gonna find the deep cuts. And that's how I found the deep cuts. Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so, God. So, somewhere they they will talk about the Fibonacci sequence yeah. or they'll make it in the I, I, I did catch that link because I, I looked at because I was just curious I was looking through 
all like the genius for all the like you know the genius pages for all these albums i was looking through the songs like they were like all the songs were just full of like annotations and these like the explanations like this is all the deep meaning of the song and everything mm-hmm. blah 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 and again i I shouldn't say I actually did enjoy a lot of the lyrics that I got from uh, Tool, but like, yeah, they, I, I definitely get that vibe from this fan base. That I not overall, I know there's just it's not like everything. It's just a lot of these crappy rotten apples that kind of ruin it for everyone. But you it's know. simply just it's not an approachable fan base, and you really have to tiptoe around it in order mm-hmm. to really experience the music in the proper context and like really feel like you have a personal connection with it without identifying with all these dickheads, you know? It's like... Yeah, and, like, that, I, I have a lot of experience with that, getting with, like, more niche pockets of, like, DIY and stuff. You definitely encounter that. But the thing is, like, you still find bands, in my opinion, that kind of justify you, like, seeping through that and, like, taking all that crap and all that shit of the community. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I, I just sought out um, Pussifer too that 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 um other project for me like i i think i understand the appeal of tool because like i kind of grew up in like a classical background and i was around a lot of classical musicians from like fourth grade till 10th grade probably and like percussionists bass players um bass players especially and people that played the triangle like they they they, they would teach you like for 10 minutes like the proper way to play a triangle and you know but these people were always Tool fans, like nine, nine times out of 10. They were also hardcore Tool fans. And I think it's because it like it appeals to that like deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. They really get off on that idea of like complexity, this almost like kind of like math approach to music. And again, and, like, I, I, I understand that, but it, it's not for everyone to approach music in that same. Well, if like way. For sure. But if you, if you want to start with lyrics, I think that'd be an interesting point to start off on. Like, <laughs> So kind of going off of Brent's point here, I think not a great comparison, but hey, I can always find a way to shoehorn them in into every episode if I wanted to. You know, you can kind of say that about bad religion almost lyrically, certainly not musically, because they don't try to go for the whole Fibonacci sequence. Like this is technical. It's, it's punk rock. It's not, not that's not happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, lyrically, yeah, they are. They, they've been dubbed the source rock because they just look at their lyrics like suffering onwards. Like a lot, they throw in a lot of words that you have to look up in a dictionary, or that's the reason why it's called the source rock. Because you, uh, everyone says you have to have a the source next to you in order to 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 read into bad religion lyrics or whatever. I mean, so you, I mean, you kind of have some of that pockets of not only that fan base in there, but I mean, just the sense that you have to go for you know deeper meetings because they're never, very rarely, like especially passed on for their album suffer. Or bad religion ever like straightforward with the lyrics, and I definitely got a lot of that when listening to Tool. They would use lots of different things, like Stink Fist, for example, used well fisting to 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 make an overall point about like this is what I saw in Genius, and I can kind of see from there and tell me if I'm wrong. But the point that I got from it was everyone's going to extreme now to you know to whatever you know everyone's you know look at all these I guess internet challenges you know kids you know, I'm gonna sound like a complete baby boomer here but I don't care you know all these internet challenges kids want to do today and they're doing all this stupid shit just mm-hmm. to get that adrenaline rush you know and the fisting point kind of can be literal yeah. for that point too but you know everyone's going to extremes today and I thought that was actually a really interesting point. you want to know what I think about that song that's a song about fisting there is no other context with really? it. And yeah, and a part of what's it's a song about we live in a society. Yeah, exactly. But no, you have I, to the fun thing about Tool is because they're such especially MJK, he's such a troll on the internet. And you have to realize and pick apart there's so much comedy in this yeah. band's writing. You have to pick and choose oh, like no no question. They're, obviously you can you look at Stink Fist and they know there are funny moments in that song. Mm-hmm. But I but I when I saw that, like yeah, I know that's probably just a pretentious tool fan do, writing it, but it's like I can see that. I can see that as a point you can draw from there. Wouldn't sure. you not agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I just think it's really fun to kind of examine a tool <laughs> song's lyricism and say, what were they thinking with this? Is this a comedy approach or is this a actual cerebral approach mm-hmm. to this? Well, music? I mean, it could it could be both. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and that oh for sure. You know, take that with Jill Biafra. A lot of times he. He with his lyrics, he would write really, it's really dark, twisted, and I'm not dark and twisted, but like he'd he'd have a dark sense of humor a lot, and he would make a lot of satirical jokes 
lots of, and you know, like question, even sometimes questionable jokes about really dark and disturbing subject matter. But he did that to make the um, the topic at hand more, I guess, approachable. You know, and I, I think that's a really genius way of doing things. Yeah, I was watching this documentary. And he was talking about like listening to like Alice Cooper and everything, and taking like the blood and vampires approach and making it less about like gargoyles and stuff and about like police brutality yeah yeah like, I, there, think, I think i think i saw interview. the same interview and i remember watching that as a kid and being like that is such a cool way to look at life and like just like look at you know those things That's and take why, that in i mean that jello made me hate halloween the holiday halloween i mean i love the song <laughs> because not only their song halloween is pretty much all about what you said well no no it's, 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 it's a different meaning sorry that's not what the song halloween's about but their song and when he said that it's like wow yeah the nothing's scarier than real life and yeah i think i think tool's able to to kind of represent that with some of their i guess more comedic you know stuff yeah and it's it's also a good point to talk about just how songwriting and lyric writing changed throughout the progression of the albums because i view undertow the first full-length LP is a very jumbled mess of uh, of lyricism. Not Maynard's best work, in my opinion. So I like I like some of the lyrics on there. Like I liked, um, is it Floods or Flood? It, is it matters if it's plural flood. or not. But. It's Flood. But I like I the lyrics about that because one, one, I think one of the common things they like to write about is organized religion. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think Flood was a really, I really like the idea. It's like, you know, I think Generally, when you look at that song, you get the idea. It's like it opens a floodgate, you know, when 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 he realizes, oh, all I've been taught are lies. All I, you know, all these beliefs that I have in this you know system, I don't believe in. And like the flood comes in, and now suddenly I don't believe it. with that song but we'll get to it later because it's not really with the lyrics yeah um i view like especially on the first two records anima and um and undertow the maynard kind of i i can already tell right away that maynard had poetry written before the music was completed and he shoved the poetry in there to mesh with the music he didn't hear the music before he wrote the lyrics Oh, I can see that. I, I I did read somewhere. I feel like a lot of people approach lyrics that way, though. Yeah, I, I feel like that's too obtuse. And also, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I know I read somewhere that when going into Anima, mm-hmm. um, maybe it was something. I think it was Anima though that Maynard said that yeah, you know, he'd written all these really well, all these you no know, dark topics like on prison sex and uh, tolerance and what whatnot. Uh, you know, like he he just says, oh, I wrote all these really dark songs, but I wanted to still kind of write about them, but, like, kind of put a more, like, hopeful spin on it all. Like, and then that's what his idea is going to Anima. I remember reading that somewhere. Is that, do you get that at all from Anima? I don't really know. The point I was really trying to make was just that, obviously, a big mechanic of Tool is that the fact that they, you know, write and sing in a lot of very odd time signatures. And I feel like a lot of the verses are just so not well put together. Well, I, I think I think the point I was trying to make with my point was that um that I I think if if, if that is the case I I, pro- I might be um remembering it wrong but I genuinely the take I got from from that quote of his but you know I I think there was some planning going on with the lyrics and like how we wanted to represent mm-hmm. these topics but yeah you know you do tend to, you do tend to have some of these songs have this very similar uh, first patterns you know where it's just him kind of singing in the same general style and yeah coming in but like do you think that got better on the later releases then yes i love the evolution and looking at the evolution between anima and lateralis because i you know what i have a a unique point written down where i really think i'd like to call lateralis the album that maynard actually learns to hold a note 
because uh, if you notice a lot of the vocal material, material, it sounds it no longer sounds like Maynard is trying to fit long pieces of poetry into a short time span. This is like the first album where it sounds like the lyrics were written to the music. Like I was trying to say, I'd really, yeah. And I'd really like to explore just like those different songwriting um, approaches between those two albums. Yeah, I, I, I never got the f- idea that the vocal lines were really out of place with um, lyrics from the first few albums. I, I had, I had, I had my issues with undertow. Um, n- 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 not really to with the lyrics, mainly with the production. I thought, I thought, Overall, like that's the album sounded look kind of the weakest and the muddiest between the two, which it, it's kind of to be expected because that was their debut. But when when you say he was able to learn how to hold a note on the latter two, I can see that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think his I think he was definitely more polished singer when it came to Ten Thousand Days and Lateralis. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, I don't know which song it was. I know I think it was off of Anima, but I remember one point where he was really trying hard to be intense and it was almost laughable see and that and that kind of is like my big problem sometimes with with tool and it's like i sometimes like if i if i really read his lyrics i'm sure i would find things that i find like wow that's a good lyric like like could you pull me up some lyrics that you think are like really strong because like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to read some i don't think i've ever really sat down i have and- i have one verse written down here from the title track of anima um, just kind of to summarize the theme of the song about like Californication and the whole yeah. thing, like the, you know, you could say this is not very introspective or whatever, but it, it's just like fret for your figure, fret for your latte, fret for your lawsuit, fret for your hairpiece. <laughs> it's just all like, it, it's, it's kind of that it's blending those really important topics of like how Los Angeles and the music industry would, and the themes of like selling out and yeah. stuff like that and blending it with some com- comedy as well. Yeah. The kind of echo parkism, yeah, right. But yeah, I I do agree that at some points his just his vocal delivery wasn't sh- as strong as it could have been. Again, but by the time you can like if you want to read talk about vocals and the ten thousand day like off the pot, which is probably one of my favorite Tool songs. I love I love that intro so much where he's just it's just him. He just sounds so unique. Like that's a point where you know that's Maynard singing. Like right. he does have a distinct voice. You can't. Can't argue with that. You can tell when he's when it's him singing, but yeah, I think I th- I can agree. I I'll concede that he definitely sounded more polished on on the on the last two Tool albums. I wouldn't say that I I can't go as far to say his vocal melodies or his the lyrics kind of felt, um, out of place with the music. Because yeah. I mean, when I listen to something like Hooker with the Penis, and if you want to talk about great lyrics, there are some great lines in that one. Um, I th- I, th- I think though it's like it's like about how long is that song? It's about. It's only four and a half minutes. It's one of like the shorter Tool songs probably out there. Mm-hmm. In fact, probably one of the shortest. Um, but seeing how like you know tight and lengthwise it is, I think I think the lyrics went really well with the music. Mm-hmm. And no, there's definitely examples of good lyricism on the early albums. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that evolution between Anima and Lateralist, it's so distinct. Like you can really see it. At least that's what I'm seeing. Do you run into that thing where it's like where you're re- when you're reading the lyrics along with the song being yeah, played yeah. sometimes it feels kind of like i don't know a little bit like awkward money. to read or yeah. a little bit too like oh man it feels like it was just placed on top yes yeah, yeah I, I guess i could understand that 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 that's exactly the point i was trying i've, I've definitely some, encountered that with some yeah, i, I some can readings. see that in some songs again there's other songs i, I don't i don't see that i think no the the two mesh well together i don't i don't think there's this much of a disjunct as you're trying to put mm-hmm. i'm not not harping on your opinion i'm just saying that's how i saw it i mean again granted i'm also newer to this so you probably have more time to notice i'm also i've also like to bring up the point that like the transition between anima and lateralis i think that's exactly the point where maynard started to branch out with the side projects yeah perfect circle and push first so maybe the fact that he just got more practice with lyricism made lateralis better lyrically i I think would you agree could you hear some elements of a perfect circle in in lateralis yeah i mean i I definitely get that again i again i think I, I do kind of want to talk about production because mm-hmm. that's cause the thing because uh, even though I think Anima would be probably my favorite of the Tool albums and we'll get into that more later but I think for me best production came on Lateralis. I think that's when the guitars really just slam against you and that's when uh, all the, the you know technicianship and everything is highlighted to a T. I think that's when the album sounds the best. It's you know they're going for a lot of grand concepts I think on like Undertow, but they didn't have the production chops to really make it That's work. exactly the point I had written down where it's like Undertow there's so many good ideas but, it but just, it's executed poorly. Yeah, and they 
again, I think the guitars and the instruments, they sound a little probably too money to, like, again, it's their first album, like I said earlier, it's too expected. But that it, was it, 93, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You're, yeah. You're used to be expected, but, like. It's kind of a bad product of its time. I think some, that's a really in some, in some good respects. way of putting it. Mm-hmm. But I, Production-wise. when Ladderus and even 10,000 Days came on, like, I, I think, no, everything sounded exactly how it should be. Everything was full. Everything was heavy or groovy where it needed to be everything sounded fantastic yeah i think that's probably my f- i don't know i don't know if you mentioned mentioned this on microphone that's probably my favorite that's probably one of the favorite things i got from especially the latter part of tools career was that um was the production and how great the guitars sounded yeah. at least oh no under undertow is definitely just tool saying hey we're not much yet but here's what we got you can already tell we're different from the others you might want to stick around for the long run. Now, it's 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 funny we talk about the trans- transition from Undertow to Anima, and if we mentioned Hooker with the penis earlier, if we mm-hmm. want to jump back to lyrics, I love the idea that um, when it's done correctly and tastefully, I love it when artists bash on their fan base. I know it's a weird thing to say, but when it's done correctly, I love it. And I think Hooker with Penis is great because it talks about like a fan who claimed that they sold out and they just started to like, you know, do something different. It's like, Hey buddy, we, we've been a product all along. You've bought our records. We are kind of a product already. Yeah. And look at you, you're trying to match into an image already anyway. So this suggests that we're, that we have to fit into a mold that you do is no different than saying that, Oh, we've fit our mold to like a record company's desires. I thought that was a really interesting point that was made there. I don't really see much of a <laughs> sellout transition between those two albums. It's like, oh no, one like the, I think they, if anything, they got more ambitious on, on Anima than it did Undertow. I think that song was thrown in there, and I don't, I really don't think those viewpoints were around in that transitional period. I think it w- that song was written in that context to fit with the rest of the album's themes, because mm-hmm. Anima is completely just a an album talking about selling out. The LA. I mean, come on. It the, the lyrics is like of Anima is like we, hopeless and hole here in LA or something yeah. like that. It's just. I, but but you can't. I I wouldn't be you wouldn't be surprised at all if someone had that conversation with Maynard because it oh. seems like so. The way he described it was almost like exactly how you would expect it to happen. Mm-hmm. So I whatever. I remember when when I first saw like I was like thirteen or fourteen when I first like discovered. I don't want to say discovered but when I first found like that CD. My dad's. Uh, collection and right. you know i was listening to it. it's like of course when that's so common it's like ah, i snicker it's like oh it's a funny title and i really didn't get what it was about because i the whole idea of selling out and you know the, the image of like the metal scene in the 90s wasn't something i was aware of mm-hmm. i'm really glad i went back to because it's been a while since i listened to anima i'm really glad i went back to listen to that because i love it <laughs> it's one of my favorite tool songs now because like i get it now also like one of the heaviest songs on Mm-hmm. Probably on that album. Can we can we transition from there to talking about Lateralis a little bit? Because I think this album. Yeah, we can talk about Lateralis. Yeah, that's fine. Because I, I want to include Brent on something uh, in a little bit here. Because I think Lateralis is the album that establishes Tool's aesthetics. Yeah. Um, with the introspection, the cerebral kind of like eye opening. You, you said psychedelic. And yes. that, that's the way that I always perceive Tool I mean, as, a, as a much more psychedelic, a psychedelic hard rock band. I don't know if I agree with that though. Because. Or like a psychedelic. No, no, no. I agree that, that they're like yeah. a psychedelic band. I don't, I don't know if I agree with the fact that Lateralis is where it started. I think Lateralis is where uh, the aesthetics were defined. That's what I'm trying to say is like that whole thing of just like introspection and the third eye opening thing that's all lateralis even though there is a song on anima called third, third eye, eye. i'm like, trying to say that lateralis is where it's capitalized so i you know I, I do agree that like you know undertow definitely has more a lot of like i guess 90s metal like sounds to it on it almost I, grungy at yeah times. you know i yeah i, I think 
yeah, I can kind of see that. that really it even had a bit of like, I'm not saying it's an insult. It did have a bit of like new metal to it, Undertow almost did, in a sense. Sure. But you know, but, but like even Anima had like you know forty and think of like songs like forty six and two. You know that I mean that that opening bass line, it's like essentially just a tripped out bass. That's yeah. I, and I love it for it. And I, I guess and and to say that there weren't like concepts. I mean, granted, I found them all kind of pointless. But you know, think about all like the interlude tracks that they had on on Anima there as well. Granted, a lot were on Lateralis as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I guess defined is a good way to put it. But like I I can't say that um. I can't say I can't give all I wouldn't give all that credit to the Lateralis for defining a con their, their ideas of like concepts and introspection. I think a lot I think a lot of that came from the previous album as well. Well, I, I think I think that whole thing with like the introspection that's just something I've never been able to get with Tool because like when I try to listen to them through like a psychedelic lens or something, which is like like I think that's kind of how it's supposed to be perceived right. somewhat. There's other bands that also do that that I like, like Soundgarden, like Super Unknown. I love that album. And to me, that has a very psychedelic feel to yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, I can and w- the one thing I really like about that album is that sometimes it has some kind of like off-kilter groove to it, but it's really cerebral in that it's mm-hmm. really direct and kind of simple too. Especially songs musically like... Musically like, or lyrically? M- musically. Okay, like, yeah, like, I can see that. Like, especially songs like Fourth of July, that is such a cerebral, like... Do me. I would even argue slow song. I would even well, maybe not like for the same reasons, but I, I would argue if you want to talk about the weird like psychedelic kind of stuff, I would even argue the title track would be yeah, an ex- a good example. It's like yeah. a faster up, more like louder rocker so- song of it, but it's kind of that same effect, especially with the lyrics. The lyrics really kind yeah. of offset. It's the most underrated song from them, by the way. So my problem with Tool is like I feel like sometimes the musicianship being so grand prevents me from having that like cerebral psychedelic like experience oh. with it because I, I I can listen to like Muslim Gaz and have a really cerebral experience because it's more like musically cerebral. It's more musically kind of like temporal and slow and kind sure. of at least in my opinion. Yeah. I, I I'm just asking like do you think they could be both both psychedelic and cerebral but also being grand and epic cuz I mean probably. I mean like you probably say that with like cuz I I think Tool is able to do both. I mean in my opinion at least. I'm sure that there are examples out there of like very progressive and technical musicianship giving people that kind of like euphoric psychedelic experience. I think it's just like there's a point where it just turns me off mm-hmm. and I, I I don't know. Sometimes I wish Tool would just be more direct, especially in their riffs. Sometimes I feel like the riff just gets so clouded in itself. Yeah, I, that, I get that. that, that it really prevents me from like just grooving with the song. Like like I talked about Helmet with you before we started recording, like or Primus. Like like, you know, Tool is a very rhythmic band. Primus is a very rhythmic band, but Primus doesn't play in five four then seven eight then like they'll they'll stay in four four maybe they'll switch to three then five or something but Mm -hmm. it's a bit more like easy to have your heart's pace to it you know Mm -hmm. yeah um and i'd i'd like to get into more about the individual components of the band because i mentioned earlier that my least favorite part of tool is the guitar work on it my favorite part of tool is the rhythm section because like you said it's a very rhythmic band and i have this controversial opinion that danny carey and justin chancellor are the best rhythm section since geezer and ward uh of black sabbath like like in metal or just in metal okay so yeah I can I, I I can see that I don't know if I'd say the best since Keezer and Ward but like no I, what what I got from it and f- um from from their playing it was very technically profound I I definitely got I do did start noticing it came really to form on Lateralis I I could definitely give you that on Lateralis but um over yeah they they definitely they definitely kept things steady and they were the, probably the, one of the more interesting parts of the music to listen to was like the bass and the, the drums I really thought. Much more so than the guitar, because I know you had said that you didn't really like Adam Jones. I like playing. okay. I I set apart the first two records with the latest re- two records with Adam Jones's playing, because on Anima and Undertow, I see it as this very chugga chugga kind of like riffage, kind of going along with the drum beat. In Lateralis, he takes a more ambient approach, 
which I think is perfect for the grand scheme of Tool. And he carries that on into 10,000 Days, which I love, and I hope he does it with this next record, too. Um, And I hope he doesn't do this like this nostalgic call. I I, I really want to touch on that, because one terrible thing Tool could do on this new album, Mm -hmm. and this is talking to someone that doesn't even like Tool. This is just, like, for their best interests, Mm -hmm. production-wise— I really hope it doesn't sound like a lot of modern rock music. Oh yeah, because oh. I like I hope it's not so over compressed and over just like blown. <sighs> yeah, that and like the the very like triggered kicks and stuff. I hope I really hope they they don't go for a really synthetic approach. From like what that. I from what I saw, they have the same producer that did Lateralis. Um, okay, and not and maybe on. So I, I kind of like the Chucka Chucka kind of groovier stuff that they had there. I like it. Granted. I, I don't when I listened to it he was like tired like the least exciting thing overall to listen to like I, I read like some of like the ambient stuff I got from lateral I love that too I loved both tracks like parable and parabola that's perfect example oh, that, of that definitely. ambient stuff but like here's the thing I re- here's the thing like in the end especially if we're talking about metal I'm a riff guy straight through and through so when I even even like bass riffs like 46 and 2 I can mm-hmm. get into that I loved the opening to Jimmy Mm-hmm. Because it has a really, I think it's almost like a stoner metal yeah. song when that first starts. It has that really, it's really good. Um, and just how crazy heavy Hooker with a penis was. But I don't know how many times I've said that phrase <laughs> in this yeah, episode. It's, it's a fun you, thing you're, to you're say. Quoting song. <laughs> you're quoting a song. You're quoting a song. That's all I'm doing. Don't, someone's going to make like a, a context compilation of me one day. No, it's no, gonna no really I'm, I'm going to make a compilation of you bringing up bad religion every episode. <laughs> please, please. I'm going to do that. I'd love to see I've that. been, last season, I was very good. I, I was very tame on that. Mm-hmm. I was. You know what? I, I think with Adam Jones, though, and just kind of the whole, I think he kind of kind of leads into probably the biggest problem I had with Tool, and it's kind of the point I really wanted to make uh, during last part of the discussion. I like long songs. Don't try to take this out of context and say that I don't like long songs. I do. But Tool songs, and especially the albums as a whole, are too damn long. I'm so, they're sorry, they just are. Because here, you know, here's, here's what I think I discovered. I like a Tool song by itself. I can handle one or two at a time. It's like, yeah, that's a really enjoyable experience. As a whole, I just can't listen to it. Like, I these albums, maybe, apart from Anima, these albums dragged for me. They really did. And... Part of it is because I don't think some of, some of these songs did, like The Pot or Rosetta Stoned, I think were great examples where they did kind of deviate within the song. But then these really long songs, like, when I'm, hold on, let's see. I don't think Jambi needed to be seven minutes. I don't think, uh, I don't think even Third Eye, I don't think really justified the 13, almost 14 minute length it had. I think some, some of these songs could have been cut short and they would have been much better. Flood is a great example of that because... The intro, I think, was supposed to be the intro to that song, was this weird long like guitar drone that leads into like the main rhythm and like the vocals of the song. That was almost, that was over literally over half the length of the song. Mm-hmm. If they cut that like in half, it would have been a much better song. I just think Tool, they just need. I, Tool fans hate me right now, and I don't care. No, and I want to bring that up just real quick because literally what you're describing, your listening experiences with Tool. Um, are the exact opposite of what a hardcore Tool fan would describe. Because most of the time, if you would talk to them, they would say you have to listen to Tool cover-to-cover album, and you have to experience it in that sense, whereas you're saying you'd rather listen to individual tracks, which is really interesting. I'm not going to rag on you for it. Because here's the thing. I I just think... These songs just kind of blend together for me Mm -hmm. towards at some points. And again, I don't think within the song... I do kind of put some of the blame on Adam Jones. And granted, I don't think it's just him. I think they just tend to stay on certain musical phrases or ideas for too long. Mm-hmm. And then they, do, they just don't know when to pull their heads out of their asses and actually know, like, okay, we need to move on to the deck board. Or, hey, maybe you should cut this short. I, I, think, I think sometimes they have that bit of an—that's kind of the biggest issue I got from this. It's just these albums just dragged, and it's like— I liked the music overall, but I just I just wish they were shorter and just more digestible almost in a sense. And I know that's not probably what they're going for, and I understand it's their music. They make what they want to make. But that is just—that was one of the biggest things blocking me from, like, being all heads over heels for this. Okay. It's just the length. I have a good point about that. Maybe that's what is the defining characteristic between— casual listener of Tool and the hardcore fans Tool, because I've been told my entire life that Tool, you either understand it or you don't. And maybe that's because those listeners that claim they understand it 
are the ones that prefer to listen to Tool in the entire context mm-hmm. of the album. So I think it's it's not really right to examine those two as separate entities, but more as just like some people Different can some people can listen to it this music. way. Some people can listen to it. This thing, way. I I've, I liked a lot of the concepts. Like you know, even like something as simple like Eulogy. I like that simple like the beat. As a Doctor Who fan, that kind of song just kind of freaked me out. How have I referenced that twice in this episode? That's besides the point. That 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 little musical idea. I liked how they kind of played around with it because like the riff and like everything, the guitar, everything was kind of built around that simple beat. I thought that was kind of interesting. Sure. So I, I could get some of the concepts and some of that. It's just I'll I'll take them as an appetizer rather as a full course. How about that? Yeah. All right. Go yeah, ahead, Brent. Words, Brent. So the length of their songs, their albums, that's never really done it for me. I can listen to some really long shit, you know, like I've listened to like two hour long albums. Yeah. If, if it warrants it, it warrants it. Yeah, that, that's my you biggest thing, mean? that the, the song needs to justify the length. Yeah, and I think I would agree with you that like their songs for me typically don't because, and this is like maybe I'm I'm wrong here, but like most Tool songs I encounter are a riff or a general groove or idea kind of repeated and there's a lot of repetition and then kind of embellishments upon that and arpeggios upon that and like changes built upon that, you know, central structure. And there's bands that I like that do that, like swans, you know, and like there's, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's bands, you know, and like they're, they're, well, but, 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 they're so, a very easy band to like hate and like, yeah, they're a little, they're, they're not accessible. Swans is not, a super accessible band. Well, later Swan, like mid and late Swans definitely is like their Neo folk phase is yeah. super accessible. But anyway, yeah. um, they, yeah, they actually did a level Terrace apart cover. Did you know oh, the what a level Terrace apart? No, I didn't <laughs> send it to me sometimes then it's, it's really awkward. It's really weird, but, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it just feels like tool. Sometimes I question like, wh- <laughs> like why they built the song up from that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm just like, couldn't you have made that riff just a little meaner, a little harder? Because, like, for me, Tool, oh, yeah. just, Tool just never feels as hard or as mean as they could. Some, it, some just, points I, I was know. like, again, this might be me just being a speed junkie, not like joke speed, but, you know, like, you know, tempo, speed, you mm-hmm. know, kind of junkie. It's, yeah, it's, I'm like, uh, well, I, one of the reasons why I like Floods, because, uh, like, the crescendo of the song was, like, super fast and rhythmic and just, like, like almost like a thrash song. I, I, I just... For, for me, yeah, sometimes I wish they would go a little, like, harder, a little faster in, in their riffs. It's not, a, lot of the, a lot of their songs do kind of tend to go at the same pace. I mean, there are, there are, I mean, there are some times where they go slower or faster. And, again, it's their music. They make how they want to make it. But, yeah, I, I agree with Brent that I wish they would kind of go a bit, I guess, meaner, as and, you said. And, and the big icing on the cake, the big icing is Maynard's vocals. Mm. I, I'm just not a fan of his vocals. So you want approach. to talk about his vocals? I would I'm love sorry. to talk about that. I, I want to ask Brent a question. You can kind of summarize this all up. If you were to make your ideal tool, keeping the same concepts that they're trying to go for, I want to know the, like, give me three or four main characteristics that you would change in order to fit your idea of what tool should be. Or something that I would prefer? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like a gruffer vocal approach, something in the vein of like maybe helmet or deftones. I think that would, that would suit it a bit more. I, interesting. I think I would prefer maybe less emphasis on time signatures and a little bit more em- emphasis on groove. Uh, lyrics, I don't really have a problem with. Um, th- those can stay v- vocally. Maybe just, I don't know. Don't ever play a uh, schism again. Hmm. That, that's three. That's it. Okay. Wow. Oh, and, and like when he enunciates, don't like. The thing with the thing with them in like a perfect circle is like they're they're like that um branded like 89X. Are you guys familiar with 89X? Please tell me you know what 89X is. The radio station? Yeah, yeah, the radio station. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. They <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. They are like the the blueprint of like that's middle America white dad working in the garage oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. he's really bitter about still being married but he's way too deep that into this shit said, i listen to 89x all the f- and that <laughs> is cool because sometimes they'll play a banger from when oh, yeah. i was a kid like they'll Absolutely. throw on some some 41 and i'm like you know what some 41 oh what? andrew i grew up with some 41 first mosh pit for me was some 41 i was a kid I'm sorry listening you, to fat lip and like loving i it, never okay? liked some for even when i am buried I, I will bet there was a admittedly brief amount of time where I actually liked Blink-182 and I 
feel dirty just saying that. And I love. I never liked some forty one. I never liked some forty one. You know, being being a kid was fun. Being a kid was fun for me. <laughs> I, Andrew. I let fun myself as a kid have fun. too. But that's because I didn't listen to some forty one. Although anyway. it could be more fun if I didn't listen to Blink one eighty two either. All right, eighty nine X. What do you say? <laughs> so yeah, they they just typify that version of of rock music that I think has led to just the horrible state of rock music now where oh, we have where we have that. so many just horrible like uh the vol beats the oh, the the, dude, the no okay the five okay. finger death punches i think that they did set a little bit of a precedent to where the overton First window all, for people's for people's like wanting to listen to music is, is, is especially rock music and what they're willing to accept in rock music Tool kind of helped those bands be more accessible to now where it's like it's, all, it's, it's just this weird pocket. And I feel like they really contributed to it. First of all, don't you slam Volbeat again. Volbeat is the worst band. Oh, they are on. horrible, Andrew. There, there are metal bands today that are a far worse. Even if you don't who, like Volbeat, they're name one that is worse than Volbeat. Five Finger Death Punch is worse than I, Volbeat. I, I would disagree. Memphis Mayfire is far worse than Volbeat. Are they're, you kidding they're, me? They're like a, a mallcore metalcore band. Yeah. Not, not even apples and oranges. Still, hey, hey, can we talk about Tool? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Boy, I, I had to defend I had to defend them for a second. Okay. But to go off your uh, point about um about Tool and like setting that, I don't think, I, I can't really see Tool really setting that standard. And this is where I'm going to start to sound like one of those pretentious Tool fans. But no, I, I think they were a bit too, I guess, unique sounding almost in a sense to really like, in, in some aspects, to really like set that kind of standard. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I think post grunge and perhaps new metal too were were much far, much more responsible for for those kind, that kind of rock music to be standard than Tool ever would be. Okay, what Sublime did for pretentious guy in drug rug sweater with an acoustic <laughs> guitar coming to the party, Tool did for pretentious metal guy at the party that talks a girl's ear off about. Ooh. Some band Ooh. that he really likes that she's never I, heard of, see, and, see, and for I can me, see. Tool is just like the 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 poetic constant to that. They're just always. I can there. see that. I can agree with that point more than I think it set the stage for shitty radio metal. And 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 I wouldn't care if they were good. That's just the big thing for me. It's just like I I try so hard to get it, and I feel like. If I just like I grew up listening to Corn, and like I still have that like nostalgic love for something like Corn. Yeah. I feel like it's Tool are one of those bands where I needed to experience it in that time of my life where I was like the sponge looking to be filled. You know what I mean? Can I share something real quick? Yeah. I, I want to share a little anecdote about when I first heard Lateralis, right? Yeah. Um, because I think what you were saying is like if, if Tool came to me at kind of the right time. Um, you know, uh, this was the summer before my senior year. I remember being like the hottest days of the summer. I just worked like an eight hour shift at my old job. And it was one of those nights where you like try to sleep under a blanket and you die of heat stroke. And like, so with like three fans running simultaneously and like window open, I laid down in my bed, spread Eagle and put on lateralis and kind of just like fell into this weird state of like, I wasn't fully awake but I was conscious enough to like make out the music and the details. And I listened to it front to back. And I remember waking up the next morning, like hoping to God that the music I was listening to was actually real. And I didn't dream it. Um, and like, it's those scenarios that come up, even with the worst music, if you're listening to it in the proper context, yeah. you're going to like it. I'm coming at it from the wrong context mm -hmm. with probably a lot of well-poisoned context. <laughs> so I it, like, I really can't knock it. If if you love Tool, you love Tool. Oh yeah, love Tool, and hope this new album is good for Tool fans. Anyways, to transition to what we're gonna expect. Um, yes, and then can we rank each album? Absolutely. So I know. Did, or did you want to go over like what you, each artist? Or do you, do you think we went over we what each member? We kind of covered that. Really, what I would boil it down to is Tool is a very rhythmic band. Um, okay. You know the the. The unity between Danny Carey and Justin Chancellor, I think, is one of the best. And even if you can't say it's the best, you can say it's good because the Definitely. the way I can I can yeah, to Chancellor's that. mid range bass very with the hammer ons, very technical bass playing combined with the very primal and prehistoric drumming of Danny Carey, it's just a perfect union. It's a match I, made in heaven. I, I, I want to ask Michael something. Are you familiar with a lot of music theory? I um I play guitar. 
So I know a little bit about it. I know the very basics, but I never I taken a music class for years to understand it. I does can't. it interest you at all? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Are you familiar with Adam Neely, the YouTuber? I mm-mm. oh, uh, I do watch a lot of YouTube mus- musicians though. So okay, shouts out to Adam Neely. He's a YouTuber that does a bunch of music theory videos that are really good. But I'll check I, out. I was gonna ask you. It's like because that's something else I hear in a lot of Tool fans that. Like they break down the music in that kind of like what they're doing. Like there's a lot of hammer ons. There's a lot of arpeggios and stuff like when you're listening to it. Are you the type of person where it's like, oh, I like that harmony is cool or that progression upward sounds like that. Like, are you really dissecting it when you listen to it or do you just kind of sit back and just take it? You know what? I, I feel like I do a little bit of both. And if you ask me that question at the end of this semester, I could, uh, give you a lot better answer because i'm in that uh music listening class oh the 114 right right? where it's kind of just like that's what it's all about is like learning the dynamics of music and stuff like that but to to sum it all up yeah i think i go half and half on it where it's like i can understand what it is in a player's concept but i can also see it from a listener's yeah i mean i can i mean with all yeah with all the time signatures i all the way they try to do that technicianship yeah i can i can see brent's point that this is this might be like perhaps the music theory's metal. Music theory's like major's metal band, mm-hmm. or that maybe the music theory's like starting point metal band. Because yeah. then they'll get into like tech prog death metal, and, like, <laughs> and then yeah, so animals as leadership. Yeah, yeah. Then they'll, they'll go down that you, rabbit you, hole. You try yeah. to recommend. Oh yeah, that. I, I, I I'm totally into animals as leaders. I tried to they, give it to Andrew. time in my life where I did like some animals as leaders. I, he he showed me. I was like. Whatever it was kind of my reaction to it. It's not fair. I, I like Baroness. It was, Show me Baroness. I yeah. like that a lot. It was more of an experiment to just kind of see what you're into. I, I don't mind math, rock, and math metal. Just like, oh, I, lo- I love some mathy stuff. Botch. Go listen to Botch. Yes. Botch. Listen to some hikes. Uh, album rankings, or what do you want? Do you want to go into that first, or no? Let's do. Uh, let's do the album rankings. Okay, and then we can talk about what we expect from the new one. So, for me. I would rank it Undertow at the bottom, and I think you're probably with me on that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anima's number one for me. Lateris and 10,000 Days kind of switch around from uh, between three and two. If I had a gun next to me, I would probably have, you're going to hate me for this, Lateris and number, Lateralis and number three. I, I say Lateris or Lateralis. Lateralis and number three. 10,000 Days in number two, and Adama number one. Mm. And for my favorite Tool songs, I would either, I would either, it would be between Hooker with the Penis, 46 and two, or The Pot. Interesting. Are those, inter- are those, Hooker with the Penis is a deep cut. Yeah, because here's the thing, I, what was funny, but it's something I also I really wanted to mention, since obviously Tool's never really available on Spotify or iTunes, I never learned what their hits were. Like, obviously I saw a Parabola a lot with them, or, um, what else? Uh, Schism. Schism. I heard that one too. I heard Stinkfist thrown out that line with them. So it's like, I kind of guess which ones were bigger, but I never knew what was their biggest song. I never knew yeah. which one were there. I never learned that, which which was actually kind of really interesting because I learned songs based on like how they sounded. Like I ne- I didn't start off with like, what's the biggest song? Let's go from there. I, I started off with Anima and like, okay, I really liked uh, Eulogy. I really liked uh, Jimmy and you know, 46 and two, I, those runes really drew me when I first heard Hanama. So, yeah. Um, no. And we were talking about this before we recorded. It's like if, to, if tool releases their music on a streaming service and you know, you get that automated feature where it's like, it'll rank the most downloaded monthly on Spotify or something like that. It's going to be really interesting to see which ones, which w- ones are going to be up there because yeah. it's, it's really subjective. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, my favorites, I'd I'd be with you on Undertow at the bottom, not because I hate the record. I like it's, the it's record. A, it's good overall. Like, but going back to what I said, it's it's a lot of good ideas that are executed poorly. Um, right above that, I'd throw Anima right there, um, because I love the lyrical themes of this album. That's the highlight of the album. The instrumentation, I think was just blossoming into what could what was going to be lateralis. And I, I, I think but. I think the reason like here's the thing because I'm okay with the more like I guess chugginess and the riffing mm-hmm. than than you are with Tool. Right. And again, I think it's just difference of taste really. Exactly. So, exactly. Again, because when you say that, it's like oh, but I really liked the interpretation on Anima. Mm-hmm. I did as well with the other with with the ones that followed. But I mean, I, th- I think I think I think Anima had the mixture of both the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And then 
right above Anima. I'd actually throw 10,000 days. Mm -hmm. And I have some interesting kind of points about 10,000 days that I wanted to get on earlier, but we we got off track a little bit. Um, I see 10,000 days as kind of like a kind of compilation wrapping up what Tool went through with the albums that uh, predated mm. it, um, especially with like Vicarious going back to Anima's lyrical themes about like the information I age and stuff like that. I love Vicarious. I thought that was really good. And then um, like Jambi kind of resembles the work off Undertow where it's a very chugga chugga, very like the long. <laughs> like, Jambi's one of my favorites. Also, yeah, that's why I like and it. And that's probably why you like it. And then finally, this my favorite Tool song of all time, Right in Two. Um, really throws back to lateralis with just the um the lyricism which returns like complex narratives in this case really heavy stuff like god's perspective when like watching humans like have war and stuff like that like that's damn great. that's although, heavy uh, although like i i'm sorry i, I really liked rosetta stone that was like, oh yeah my that's a, like, that's I, a I, I love the lyrics the lyrics is just so into like guy going like a drug trip at area 51 like that's crazy shit oh, yeah. i love it it's like it's actually pretty inventive I like yeah it. and then finally just like with that song right into danny carey's drum solo and that is my favorite moment in tool history mm-hmm. um when i heard this solo i kind of began to understand why some pretentious tool fans would be like oh this transcends time <laughs> it's primal it's prehistoric it perfectly kind of captures the message of primordial yeah. <laughs> well, anyway my ramblings aside and finally i'd put lateralis, lateralis at yeah. the top just because this is the peak where the rhythm section's on point uh adam jones finally understands that the more ambient approach to the guitar is more beneficial to tools overall sound and then i think even though the lyrics can sometimes be thrown around as pretentious it really makes you think at the end of the day lateralis is going to make you think so that's that's kind of mine. I I I liked Ten Thousand Days as a kid. I think I every time I'd go to a Sam Goodies or Walmart, I'd always pick up the CD packaging and I'd ask my mom for it, and she'd say no. Zombie's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's a good little little song. The pot's okay. Um, everything else is trash. Uh, go go listen to Primus. I, 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 I'm with you on that. Primus is great, man. You ever seen Primus live? Oh no, I wish. Oh, I Oh, dude, I, I saw Mother Summer. Oh, really? I just they had to have like four subwoofers. I can only imagine. It's like Primus is such a weird thing. It's very, very rarely do you ever have like a bassist that's in charge of a band. And it's like, it's like, what's like? You can see that with like Jason Newstead when he got his own band. It's like, it's just so crazy. It's like all the bass. All of it, and it's real. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's. I think it's fun. My name is Mud. That's My all I gotta say. He's Mud. <laughs> there you go. So, final predictions for the new um, album. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, Andrew doesn't even believe it's coming out yet. Well, I mean, you see, I'm not a crazy Super Tool fan, so I'm not like chopping at the bits. I care. I'm bringing him up again. I don't care. Bad Religion's having a new album this year. It's going. I. I'm sorry. You're going to hear it more because they're making a new album. I care much more about that one than Tool. I mean, straight up. Oh, yeah. A song like The Kids Are Alt-Right. That, that's going to that, be That, that song be was pretty great. bad. That song was really bad. That but song the other was two bad. Sing- the other two singles were actually really... My Sanity especially was a really good song. But The Alt-Right is... The Kids Are Alt-Right is probably one of the worst songs I've ever heard. That's coming from a super fan. And ugh. But anyways, but no. So... Tool, I mean, whatever. Like, two things about that. First of all, it, it's been, you've heard rumors about, oh, it's coming out, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's certainly, cl- if what they're saying is true, everything's it's closer to being done than ever. Sure. I mean, fantastic. Fans have gone on much longer breaks without making albums before. I don't know why Tools is is the one that everyone focuses on. I mean, that just that seems yeah, a bit silly I ca- to me. I kind of feel that way too. I'm like, why? And then, tool? and in the end, this album's been like so like it's been it's become part of meme culture. The whole thing is like, oh, when are we gonna get this album? I want it so. It's like the Half-Life Three of music. Yeah, and it's like people's like by the time, dude. I I think people have overhyped themselves up for it. It's probably not as gonna be as good as people want it to be. That's gonna, my prediction. I'm gonna listen to it out of morbid curiosity for sure. And I'm not even a Tool fan, but. I mean, I have to at this I'm going to hear it the second it comes out. I'm going to try to. So, 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 so far, the opinions we got is could care less, but going to give it a shot. Oh, I'm going to listen to it. Don't even know if it's going to come out. <laughs> Rather going to pay attention to the albums that are confirmed. Uh, for me, I'm super excited. I'd love, I'm really excited to see how a band like this can return to form after 13 13- Years. Yeah, but like, how, uh, but even, like, after 13, how many bands have come off from longer breaks, longer hiatuses, oh, yeah, longer? 
album breaks and like people didn't care as much about that and when they surprised everyone how good they really are like how how much they can still bring it so um i'm expecting super long intros that you're gonna hate i i think uh i think it was adam jones who kind of confirmed I that i don't mind longer like longer extended intros i mean like think but think about the, for whom the bell tolls i mean that that song is like a two-minute intro but at least it changed itself up a couple times yeah. throughout it before it gets to the vocals but anyway adam jones kind of confirmed that like i think there's already like four songs that are over 10 minutes Ugh. let's get into it but yeah for, uh, any recommendations? Uh, recommendations, yes. Brett, do you have anything you want to recommend, Brett? Or yeah, well, speaking of math rock, briefly in the episode, I'll uh, recommend a band called Palm. I knew you were gonna do that. I knew it. Uh, I love Palm. Palm's one of my favorite bands of the moment. Um, I'll recommend their song "Dog Milk." them is uh they approach math rock with a little bit of like a no wave aesthetic because there's certain tones to their guitars that are really textural and they're very atonal at times so you'll have these really jagged jagged rhythms and it's very very complex time signatures. i'm really interested so, and, and, and that's vocals. one of my favorite thing that's one of my at, mo, it works most most context sometimes lyrics and musical tones not really but other other than that I love contrast music. Yeah. Which is like, you know, when it has really jagged vocals against really clean guitars or in vice versa. You know, I think it's one of I'm, I'm not going to mention them again, but, you know, other, other bands, <laughs> you know what I was going to say, but like, you know, I, I think Melissa, when she came on, she's just really likes, one of the reasons why she really likes the strokes is because, oh, I really like Julian Cost, uh, Julian's like, like more jacket vocals against like the really bright guitars that they use. So, yeah. And yeah. they also use a really interesting like vocal technique where they run their vocals through like a chorus pedal. It just sounds very, very unique. And it makes the, the vocals just sound like very, very distinct. Uh, so um, the band is Palm. Uh, check out the song Dog Milk. That's, That's definitely something I'm going to check out. Just really because good song. after listening to Animals from TTNG for the 18th time. Love this town needs guns. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Great, great but like you kind of get tired of the twinkle for a little bit. Yeah, there, so. this is not twinkly. It's much more. It's like if the Talking Heads made a math rock hmm. album nowadays. I'm, I'm definitely into that. I'm checking it out. I'll be the one person that checks yeah. it out. But anyway, you'll be the one person. Yeah, <laughs> no one cares about Brent's opinions but you. Yeah. You want to go first? Or go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Um, I actually have just a track I'd like to recommend because I was kind of pressed for time. I didn't really search into you something forgot. very. Got. Yeah, I forgot we do this every week. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I love you. Radiohead for people who don't know. I'm a big Radiohead guy, and they just Why um they just mm. kind of re-released or or they put the song "Ill Wind" on uh on Spotify on streaming services, which was previously only available on the CD copy of a Moon Shape Pool. Um, it's very good. It's very jazzy. It kind of throws me back to some uh some in rainbows. Just give it a shot if you like Radiohead. Is it's, it a B side? Yeah. Man, I love In Rainbows. I think that's probably my favorite Radiohead yeah, album. Same. And uh, I really liked Moonshain Pool a lot. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, and this this was kind of just a good merriment of both um, both those albums. So definitely give it a shot. It's on Spotify. Just look up Radiohead. Complete diversion from the, all this complex 
uh, music we've been talking about today, even in the recommendations. I'm going for a straightforward. I don't want to say they're they're not really a they're not a punk band, but some of the stuff you can describe as I guess kind of bluesy punk rock. Okay. I I, I that that term came in my head probably wrong. The, the band's called Potty Mouth, and they're an all they're they're all female trio, and let's just we'll just call them alternative pop bluesy punk i don't know point is there i think they're really good um very simple music but it, it's really fun they have a lot of great hooks it's just why i like them their um album hellbent but yeah i think that's their only full-length album I, I know they're coming out with a new one it's called snafu yeah it's snafu uh later this year and they already have the first single out called 22 i really like the i really like the song and even the lyrics are kind of charming about like essentially someone's having a quasi midlife crisis at the age of 22 <laughs> which is it's interesting to say the least, um, but yeah, but the, oh God, the Hellbent is also a really good album too. The Spins is a great song off there. The Gap as well. Um, Black and Studs, uh, Shitheads, really good one I like. Um, and they also have a good singer called Cherry Picking. So any of those are good places to start off with. Um, but yeah, point is I bring them up because they just like, as of a few days ago, released their new single, 22. Check it out. I really liked it and um, be looking forward to their new album coming out there because i thought they had honestly broken up because i hadn't seen anything from them since like 2015 and like oh wow they're alive that's good so awesome. that's what i recommend potty mouth long enough here and uh, I'm very happy we're back next week on ep- episodes I think me and Michael are switching places in the sense that he's going to be the bitter person that hates everything mm-hmm. and I'll actually be a little more forgiving we're talking about hair metal yes and we're going to classify hair metal bands even that should be a fun one well for me I'd at put least. them all under the category of utter shit but I okay. I think I I I'm going to hate about half the bands we're, talk- we're going to be talking about I'm going to hate absolutely hate half of them but I'll I'll get why I'm more forgiving next week. Yeah. Anyways, thank you for thank you for listening. I was gonna say watching. We're not on camera yet. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh!